from the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Motherfucker Lore Last Orders, a podcast by words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I am Derek O'Shea. I'm Geraldine McAvoy in a less dramatic sense. <laughs> and I'm quite simply Pedro Kogonic. <laughs> and you're very welcome to this episode. So I got a question. Um, some say the devil's dead. The devil's dead. The devil's dead. Some say the devil's dead and buried in Killarney. But the devil's bit is in Tipperary. What the f- what's going on there? Why don't we have Emer here to confirm or deny for once and for all <laughs> whether or not he's up in a plot somewhere in, in Killarney? But more say he rose again. More do say he rose yeah. again. And, uh, he, he rose again, he rose again. Yeah, and more say he rose again and sought gainful employment in, uh, you know, one of the many mm-hmm. regiments of the British Army. And got a lovely pension for his family. Fair oh, play yeah, to took, him. Took the king's shilling, though. Yeah. Oh, listen, sh- listen. That devil. Not- <laughs> the devil. Oh, what a, a devil. devil. He's a devil. That's a, that is a great song, though. It's a great, great song. song. Great tune. You know that, yeah. you know that verse, my wife, she has a hairy thing, a hairy thing, a hairy thing. My wife, she has a hairy thing. She showed it to me Sunday. She bought, wow. it, in the, she bought it in the furrier shop. Wow. <laughs> the furrier shop, the furrier shop. She bought it in the furrier shop. It's going back on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> you, you dirty scots. What did you think it was? Oh, you, dear. Ye divils. No. So this is, a, this is something that comes up. The idea when we talk about how languages and when it's a word in one language and a word in another language, they don't always carry the same weight, the same clarity of purpose, the same em- points of emphasis. And this has been discussed in a number of ways, but pr- one of the most uh, precise ways that, that, that examples of this in Irish and Hiberno-English is the idea of a devil or specifically a devil, just yeah. as idiot and idiot. There's a <laughs> subtle difference between idiot and idiot and and prod and protestant like i was um recently there was a there was a discussion as so americans were talking about the whole idea of the protestants putting their um toasters in a cupboard or a press yes and had to explain that you know people are not referring to um swedish lutherans or southern baptists in america here we're referring to a, you know one particular variety it's yeah. also it's also really really lazy as a stereotype because it doesn't even refer to working class Protestants in Dublin or Belfast or Derry or Cork like it's it's very specifically tray bakes and triangular sandwiches uh, Presbyterian or Church of Ireland church fate kind of um, Protestantism which is like which is fine because if that's the worst thing anybody says about you that you put your toaster in the press like that's it's not really harmful discrimination. No. <laughs> I hope it's fair to say. But it, it is lazy. It's lazy. Yeah. It's stereotyping. It's like, oh, the Pope wears red socks. Is that the worst thing about the Pope? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Does he wear red socks or is that a thing that... Red slippers. Red it's slippers, a, no it's socks. A, it's a thing that they... Um, it's a thing that Ian Paisley used to talk about old, old red socks over there in Rome. Okay. Am I or, supposed to be offended by that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I like, we, like, here's what you do. Open a newspaper. Point. <laughs> randomly. <laughs> You'll find something worse. Yeah. I'm a, I, I don't know if I should be offended by that. I'm, I'm a, you know, as, as Darrow Breen, he's saying, like, I'm a cultural Catholic, which means I don't believe in God, but I do support Glasgow Celtic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, yeah, cultural Catholic is a phrase, I think, I believe it was actually imported from the Spanish and that non-practicing Catholic was, was a very popular term until relatively recently, but it, there was an implication that a person who's non-practicing Catholic is, you know, um, a pretty lazy or a hypocrite as opposed to being culturally Catholic. Um, the first time I saw that expression was in an interview with the Mexican actor, Gael Garcia Bernal. Oh. 
It's a, that's a nice little Garcia, yeah, like that. Garcia yeah. that you've thrown in there. If he's Mexican, <laughs> though, he doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. No, Garcia. Yeah. Oh, that's that's me told. <laughs> um, my devil. other half is a is a oh. devil and a, a prod, but not one of those prods. And he likes mm-hmm. to refer to himself sometimes as a prod. And I'm like, no, you can't do that in Ireland because you're not. <laughs> people need to know that you're like a it's a German Lutheran. Like, it's not the same thing. And he's like, but we're the original prods. And I'm like, yes, I know, but it's not the same but thing. Our, yeah. our prods are quite Catholic. Yeah, there's very little in the difference. I've yeah. been to Protestant mass and I, I knew all the words and I was like, what the fuck? This is the did same they, thing. But did they get you with the extra bit on the Our Father? Uh, there was a bit extra yeah. on the Our Father and <laughs> notably the priest was a woman. So, but other that, than that, that I wouldn't have big, known. Get, I was dead, like, dead giveaway. Yeah. Dead giveaway. Yeah. That's the only bit of circumcision we have in Catholicism. We just <laughs> circumcise the Our Father. Yeah. <laughs> they have a nice little spiel on the end of it. But other oh, than that, a, I knew all yell. the bits. I knew all the bits and I was very surprised and it looked the same. It was Christchurch Cathedral in Dublin. Oh, yeah. Is it Christchurch? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, as I said. Do you know that, did you know there's no Catholic cathedral in Dublin? <sighs> it's one of the, the pro. It's the pro cathedral. It's a pro cathedral. What's as the difference? In stand, for a, standing for a cathedral. It's standing in place of a cathedral. Well, it's there so long now, surely there's no other cathedral coming. I know. No, they're not going to build one. Like, I haven't seen any planning permissions on For <laughs> a massive fucking yeah. cathedral. Big fuck off cathedral. <laughs> like, <laughs> they have the palace, I suppose. Yeah, they, the, the archbishop's palace. And yeah. that's, I guess, yeah. So that, that was more important to John Charles. How, so how did, how did it go about like that? They would take the teachings. I'm starting to feel a bit like Martin Luther here, right? How did it go about that they would take the teachings of this man, this um, this Middle Eastern Palestinian Jew mm-hmm. who um, would say that poverty and humility were virtues. And they take this and they just say, yeah, of course. So it makes sense that like our managerial priests need to live in fucking palaces. Yes, of course. Like, <laughs> uh, people won't have an issue with that at all. Yeah, the, no. the poor will, will love that. The, the word palace is fine, right? Right? <laughs> it's, it's, there's no issue with that, is there? Like they literally, he went ahead and he just said, the palace and they even like you actually in some of the actual the original texts I'm looking at at the moment in my in my research there's as yes that's this you know, people say this comes straight from the palace you know which is exactly what they say in 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 Britain when you know an instruction has come from the over the, the 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 crown it's like oh this is actually a position from the palace yeah. and I mean it didn't do them too much damage I mean Catholicism still notably quite popular you know, so I mean, common, shall we say common? Yeah, relatively I don't know common. if I go with popular yeah. at the moment, but, but common. It's like Facebook; no one really likes it, but it's there. But lots and of people it's have it. Somehow relevant to life all the fucking time. Mm. I remember when I when I was getting married. Like we, we had a humanist wedding, and you know we've had humanist ceremonies for a long time. I've been a, an active member of the Humanist Association of Ireland for a, a long time now. But when when we were getting married. We kind of had to even had to take these steps to make it look pseudo Catholic for some, you know, family members. So like yeah. we got married in a, a an art centre, like a heritage centre that was a deconsecrated Church of Ireland church so that it looked Still kind looks of vaguely like Catholic. Yeah. yeah. And then and I was kind of, and this is terrible, but like my my some relatives were concerned that the humanist celebrant would he will he will he put on a will he put on a suit at least? Like so show up in the mix. A bit priesty. <laughs> He was hardly going to turn up in a Pearl Jam t-shirt. <laughs> He's just covered in grass and dirt. Like. Yeah. <laughs> a, a saw doctor's t-shirt with the with the sleeves cut off for aerodynamic purposes. <laughs> He's going to come in vaping with a plastic bag over his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you two gowls take each other? <laughs> 
but um god i i, I was the best man at a wedding in the zoo <gasps> you can get married in the zoo sorry that was very loud you can yes, get married you, in the zoo you can get married in the zoo and i was best man and they've got this little center there things hogan house or organ house and basically some of the zoologists who actually set up in zoo were actual were, were clergymen they had a little place for go to but the stained glass windows carriage you're gonna love the stained glass windows show animals <gasps> Oh, that's amazing. I already have my fucking deposit paid for our fucking venue. You're wearing a zoo. That's so fun. And get this, you know that, that you know that bit in the wedding after the service before the grub when people are normally yeah. drinking on an empty stomach, you know, the, the the terrible structural design of an Irish wedding. During that bit, your guests are walking around the zoo, looking at the animals, having a nice day. Oh, that's, that's incredible. lovely. Mm-hmm. That is do, do, um, lovely. Do penguins keep trying to sneak into the meal? Are <laughs> penguins at? Are penguins serving the meal? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's even better. The actual okay, the the dinner part was in a, in a restaurant in town, but the actual service and stuff was there. Yes, this was. Um, there, there were, I think someone did. did you you got to be careful with the penguins because you know they actually they don't like being picked up, despite what the ad says. I believe they stopped showing that ad for penguin bars with pick up well, a penguin. Pick up a penguin. Yeah. I think. Well, I mean, I think it was safe enough because not many people had the opportunity to pick up a shagging penguin. Yeah, I, I've never been presented with that. I mean, if I had been, I fully would pick up a penguin. There was, there was a case a while ago that some lad from just outside the zoo robbed a penguin. <gasps> brought Did him up the far side of the canal. Yeah, the penguin was safely recovered. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. rob a penguin if I had the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're a devil. You're a devil. <laughs> oh. good, good segue, so, thanks. Yes, so this is the thing. So... The concept of a devil, the idea we, we, we say devil, it's the same way we, when we say Egypt, we don't mean idiot. And there's a few other examples. Prod is how he got onto the zoo for some reason. I know you, we don't keep Protestants in the zoo. I don't yeah, know how we segue. I, I should just point out here that I'm relatively uncomfortable at the idea that we're using Protestant uh, in an active comparison with devil and idiot. Like, <laughs> but it's only devil and Egypt, though. But yeah, so. The idea that of devil and devilment, I mean, it it just doesn't compare to the the standard Christian way we would talk about the idea of someone being a devil or yeah. the devil himself itself, and those ideas. The this the, the, the Faustian concept of a devil being the opposite of an angel, and yes, yeah, so how did this come about? So, and how it's, has, it's sort of the opposite of an angel, someone who's a devil. And who's interested mm-hmm. in devilment w- would hardly be an angel, but it is a lot softer, and it does take out the the evil. Hold on, sorry, no. Was the was your man the devil not an actual angel though? He was an angel, yeah. And then mm-hmm. he fell. That's the whole but thing. But you see, well, no, that, but that's you see, it's a bit weird, right? So, the, Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, the Prince of Darkness, the Morning Star himself, right? He was an angel and was hooshed out of yeah. yeet, yeeted out of heaven. Yes. Um, but this idea of a devil, like there are references, not just in the Bible, but throughout Christian lore and mythology and history to devils, many devils, people being possessed by devils. And yeah. Jesus would, would bait the devils out of people uh, and rid them of their possession. So he became known as the devil because basically when he got kicked out of heaven and sent out to hell, he became, you know, devil number one. But there had always been, I don't know, or or there came to be devils. Many, many millions, untold billions of them. Devils. And a lot of that was very poor fucking mental health diagnoses throughout yeah. the Middle Ages. Oh, he's possessed by devils. Or, it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like, mm. 
No, but um, yeah, th- th- so the devil was an angel, but devils are the opposite of angels. Right, yeah. Were. Demons, are they yeah, demons? That's it. Yeah, they're more or less. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fab. Now we've got that. No, I'm basing absolutely. my understanding on that Kevin Smith film Dogma. So uh, Ben oh. Affleck and yeah. and no, no, no. Dogma. Dogma's great. It Dogma is a great film. Is yeah. a great film. <laughs> Look, Dogma. No, Dogma tells you more. Dogma tells you more about actual Catholicism. Yeah. Than any number of uh, attendance as a Catholic mass ever would. Yeah, so Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, they're devils, but not the devil, as I understand it. Well, no, they're, they're angels. They've been kicked out of heaven. They're fallen angels. They're not quite devils. But that's not the same thing, though. But they haven't gone down to hell. They only came to earth. They only came halfway. All right, I thought they came up. It's a while since I've seen it, but they're trying to, they're they're trying trying to, to keep that heaven. arch open, yeah, right? Yeah. So that, yeah, they can get into heaven. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's a good film. Derek was shaking his head. You don't like it? I don't like anything by Kevin Smith. Oh, well, that's just... Well, yeah, okay. the, anything else I've seen by him, I was very bored by it. My what? other half swears by clerks. We're all just so pretending boring. that Chasing Amy doesn't exist, are we? No, oh, I liked Chasing, Chasing Amy. Amy is, I've never seen it. I liked Chasing Amy. I thought it was a good take on the... It was a good deconstruction of the rom-com. It's very much of its time. It's mm. very dated. Oh, I... Um, you know, there's a lot of... <laughs> oh, I... There's a lot in, in the likes of Ball Rats and Chasing Amy, Kevin Smith films that I really enjoyed when I was younger, that you look back at them now and you go, well, it's problematic. Yeah. Yes. But again, if you take them as a piece of like 90s cinema um, in the context of 90s cinema, they're grand. I mean, come on, like we all know Friends is cancelled, like because a yeah. lot of the jokes there would never get on air now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we all enjoyed Friends. There's no point in saying we didn't. Um, and I enjoyed I enjoyed Mallrats immensely. I thought it was great. I enjoyed Chasing Amy a lot. Chasing Amy kind of came out at a very formative time, like, you know, because I was an angsty teenage guy who was like, you know, had that experience of getting dumped. I've not seen it, so I feel like I won't enjoy it because I'm 29 years old. No, you won't. <laughs> you won't enjoy it. <laughs> Ch- channel 16-year-old Garadine. Yeah, yes, maybe maybe yeah, she'll, sure, sure. she'll feel that. She'll is, enjoy it. Yeah, she'll love it. Okay. Anyway, yeah, so Dogma by Kevin Smith, the idea of, of angels, devils. There's been a lot of discussion recently. It's one of these things that's gradually got steam as biblically accurate angels has become a thing now on the Twitter. And we all know that biblically accurate angels are mad, are crazily, have lots of eyes, or monsters are terrifying. So an angel comes out as being not afraid. It's like a giant spider. Yeah, where, where it would make sense. It was this beautiful ride coming down with lovely skin and flowing hair. You're not going to be afraid. Well, you might be if you're just afraid of the opposite sex. But like if it's a big spider monster. Yeah, be not afraid has a different meaning. Be not afraid. Uh, what the fuck? There's a, like, yeah, there's a type of angel called a wheel. Which is, which is like a, a of spinning, fire. fiery wheel yeah. with many, many eyes. What's Don't be afraid. Too late. L- legit. <laughs> legit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> a priest told us once that in the, that particular part of the Gospels, when they're referring to the birth of Jesus and that the shepherds see this, they, he mentioned specifically that the writers of the text, you know, the, the, who kept the Gospels would specif- specifically have known that a shepherd couldn't give evidence in court. So the idea is, oh, a shepherd saw it. Well, it's, oh, this oh, person in the is same way, test, in the same way that they had the, the three kings uh, to lend legitimacy to it. They had the, the shepherd to sort of say, yeah. well. They're basically saying, oh, listen, you know, the only reason you haven't heard this before is because those shepherds couldn't, you know, couldn't, they wouldn't have their testimony taken seriously. Oh, my God. Shepherds found rotted. Oh, my God. So rude. Mm-hmm. How dare they? Believe shepherds, okay? Their the accounts sh- are very important. I think the idea is the shepherds are so bored all, all the time that they just made shit up. 
The boy shepherds. who cried wolf was a shepherd. Shepherds. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this has been Shepherd Talk. <laughs> with us, Michael Shepherd. So, yes. So, Jowl. A yowl. Ench scale. Ench scale, scale, which means no scale at all. The idea is, of course, that the devil means, you know, the. Any crack? Divil a bit? Yeah. Devil a bit. Yeah, devil a bit. The devil also represents kind of a, a, a mathematical concept of zero. Yeah, zero yeah. is the devil. Mm-hmm. The, the, so there's a kind of a, a, a light-hearted element to devil and devilment, and it's and it's probably because all of our folklore and mythology comes from history. And our history, which is like the period of historical times that has been recorded, is very heavily influenced by the Christian church because we didn't really have a written history per se that predates Christianity come to Ireland. Uh, You know, we were the land of saints and scholars. The monks did an awful lot of the writing. Um, So everything got tinged with that Christianity. And even even the earliest tellings of um, Fionn and uh, the Fianna, all of those stories from our mythology... They are told from a Christian point of view, and if you read, and I know we've we've mentioned on the podcast before, but if you read, Ogil of Nishanoruk is uh, probably one of the the most well known texts around Fenian mythology in Ireland, and it's Quilte um, Macronon, Saint Patrick, and Oscar Macfin, Oscar the son of Fionn, um, walking around Ireland talking about the good old days before Oscar went to, or not Oscar, sorry, um, Ushin, Ushin, Oscar was his son, yeah, um, Ushin Macfin. Um, Walking around uh, Ireland, looking at all the parts. Of, oh, I remember when Fionn hooshed that boulder into place, and oh, that's a that's a lab of Yermadagus Grania. I'll tell you the story of Yermadagus Grania, but of course, it ends in them recanting their terrible pagan ways. They see that all of their old friends, Fionn and Oscar and Gull and Colnon, that they're all in hell because they lived, they had the, the temerity to live before Christianity arrived to Ireland. And they repent and they're baptised. Likewise, the children of Lear, the end of the children of Lear, they hear the bells tolled on Loch Derrick, they're baptised and they die Christians. So all of our mythology is very heavily influenced by um, Christianity. So therefore, we don't have that Wolverine or Loki or to a certain extent, certain elements of Zeus's personality, we don't have that trickster god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of our mythology, our folklore, as it has been handed down the generations, around divilment needed a, a, a baddie who wasn't really that bad, but was just up to a bit of mischief. So mm. we got the devil. We got the actual devil himself, the great Satan, like um, talking about, you know, coming around saying like stealing apples or taking people's money and, you know, hiding people's shoes and shit like that. We had the the, the fairy folk as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, very heavily influenced by Christianity. And that's where we get a lot of this idea of, oh, sure, he's a devil. And, yeah. you know, the Yeah, the I was just going to say that, that it's very, like, devilment. Yeah, there's that devil element to it that was brought in afterwards to kind of make sense of of, of the stories we had. Um but the the devilment that happens is very similar to the kind of carry on that the fairy folk would be doing. Do you know? They're like nobody's getting murdered in their sleep, really. But somebody's shoes might be taken, or somebody you might play play a class on somebody who deserved it because they were a bad person initially. But like, yeah, it's it's much softer than eternal damnation. I think yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Like mm. there's um there's an old um there's an old Irish folk tale called Shana that was written down 
by Porrick McPierish and like it's very Faustian guy makes a deal with the devil for you know wealth and well-being and uh, all of that for a year and at the end of the year the devil turns up to take him and he says yeah no problem but like I want you to you know can you grant me three wishes and he mm. gets the three wishes and the wishes like anyone who touches that apple tree would be stuck to it anyone who sits in that chair would be we sort of or, or, or anything that goes into my purse can never come out again and stuff like that and he you know through various classic he, he ends up making the devil get him an apple and the devil is stuck to the tree and he says ah you have to give me another three years before you come back for me again now or he tells the devil to sit down in the chair and, and like so basically we end up with this caricature of the devil Lucifer, the Prince of Darkness, the guy who tempted Jesus Christ in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. And he keeps falling for this stupid, banal fucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, sit down in that chair. You'd think the Prince of Darkness would remember that that's the chair that he made. (laughs) Hey, he's busy, (laughs) you know. Busy man. It's like the the song, Devil Went Down to Georgia, and he gets somehow in a fiddle battle and loses. Mm. And then he has to piss away. (laughs) A solid goal, fiddle. In in Futurama, they had it a bit when the the fiddle battle where you win a solid goal, fiddle, but the the loser gets sent to hell and wins a silver fiddle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but the um if i remember correctly that story when we did it in school he there was one part where he said like i mean let me before you take me to hell and like um let me wait until this candle burns out to its end and he blows the candle out and goes oh won't let the candle again for 10 years oh shit <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> and then i was like oh i'll get you <laughs> basically the devil's a crusty old dean <laughs> The yeah, devil is fucking coyote a, a, in Roadrunner. Like, he's an <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> but speaking of coyote, like certain certain Native American uh, tribes, First Nation tribes in Canada, and um, coyote in particular would be around the Navajo Nation and places like that, where he would take on the form of that trickster god. And in more arboreal parts of North America, it's Wolverine. And Wolverine was a, was a devil and would always try and trick the other animals and the other spirits and the other gods. Uh, but we, we, didn't, we didn't really have that because don't, we don't get a lot of folklore stories at all about the old Irish gods, the pre-Christian yeah. gods, the actual gods in, in, in Ireland. Um, we do hear a little bit about Lou Ildonoch, because he was Cúchulainn's uh, father. Mm. But really, apart from that, like the the, and it's a fascinating, fascinating part of of our 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 lore, our folklore, and uh, and yeah, we don't know enough about it. Um, so a lot of our kind of harmless little cautionary tales for kids have involved the actual Lord of Darkness, Satan himself. Yeah, but as, as you idiot. said, it's it's. I did a really fascinating module in my final year in college, and it was we did um, there were like uh stories from the Iliad, but we did stories about uh Hercules and when they had gotten to Ireland, and if we did three different versions of them, pre Christianity and then after Christianity, and initially he's going across the River Styx, and it's a very simple format because you had to pass it on by word of mouth, but then as people got to to start writing things down, and then Christianity came into it. It was very much about like he got across the river sticks and then he became a Christian, like Hercules, <laughs> famously. <laughs> Not playing count, you know. Uh, fun, funnily enough, like uh, the, the versions that, like the I think the oldest versions of the Cuchulain story have him go to the Isle of Skye for uh, his training from the warrior woman Skahuk. Um, because at the time that would have been very far away. That yeah. is a far off distant shore. But then as sort of travel became far more common, 
um, <laughs> they sort of had to make this a bit more exotic because, like, you'd be telling the story and so like, Sky, I was in Sky. There's nothing in Sky. Where did this rain? What are you talking about? That's bullshit. So they, it had to become Scythia, which is on the further edge of the Roman Empire, way over in in Asia Minor. You know, it's so it's uh, yeah, it's funny how stories change from generation to yeah. generation as we become more able to tell them. They have to become better. And sometimes the simplest ones are the best. Yeah, they do, yeah. And they don't necessarily oh. need the devil in them, do you know? Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a simple story at the end of the podcast. Remind me, I'll tell you a simple story. Another trickster god in, in mythology or folklore, rather, is the wren. Oh, the wren. A uh, devil. devil. If there ever was one. And I guess this this is compounded by the fact that the, we had a story thrown in about, like, arguably the most overrated of all the saints is Stephen. Like he is, uh, is a fairly big. Uh, he's no, he's not Hang on, did he not get eaten by a lion? No, That's... he was stoned to death. Who but got eaten by a lion? A few of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know Daniel didn't. He wasn't. Daniel he was didn't get eaten by a lion. He avoided it. But then the, I think there was a. Uh, I, mean, I'm gonna, I love I'm gonna this. Look I love this. Anyway, bad radio, bad radio. But anyway, Stephen <laughs> gets a fairly high profile day. Which you know, or which the which our friends, our neighbors call Boxing Day, but it seems like, but and then he gets a green named after him in the center of Dublin. But basically, he didn't, you know, he didn't do much other than that. apparently he ran was, ratted him out. Yeah, he was a first Christian martyr, and he yeah. was hiding from the Romans. And uh, Iran started singing, basically saying he's over here, lads. And they found him. And uh, yeah, yeah, apparently he was stoned to death. Uh, Saint Ignatius of Antioch was eaten by lions at the Colosseum. Who the during fuck the is Saint of... Ignatius? Why do I know that? <laughs> He's the patron saint of getting owned. Oh, I mean, lads, he was eaten by lions. Come on. Yeah. When, his nice, day? Like. when is his day? I'll find out for you now. <laughs> saint Makua of Tig Makua. His, his day is the 24th of December. It might be actually be the 25th of December now that I say that. It might be Christmas Day. The the Vatican has a website has a page on just all all these saints and what they're the patron saints of and there's some mad stuff people are patron saints of like there's patron saint uh, Expedius I discovered recently patron saint of getting parcels delivered quickly to you he's been very useful in the pandemic I'll have you know Expedius yeah he's got a hundred percent return uh, rate for me thank you very much first uh, first of February Saint Ignatius of Antioch at the same uh, day as herself sure yeah it used to be used to be on the seventeenth of October um, Where did he get hooshed? Because they changed the calendar from the Gregorian or from the so, Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. Saint Blaise is the patron saint of sore throats, and and he uh, was he forced to so- swallow like burning swords or something. That's very on the nose, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, devil. Um, it's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I think we do need to point out because I don't think we've said it, but like. Devil is like a very common because I know at least in, I know we've got American listeners and I know at least in America in some parts of America like they, they're not in Megan talked to Megan Figueroa talked to us about it about they're not fond of talking about hell and devil and they will like censor themselves and say heck um, instead of hell uh, sometimes but darn you to heck darn you to heck <laughs> but um the Devil and calling somebody a devil is very, and even using, like, I said it about a month ago. And I, I posted it in our WhatsApp group about it because I was very confused. And I said it to my partner. I said, I can't remember what it was, but let's say it was jam. I was like, oh, you're a devil for jam. And he was like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, you're a devil. And then I was like, we're together nearly a decade. How have I not said this to you before? And then I was trying to explain. So if it's like a quantifiable, it's like, 
you eat a lot of jam. <laughs> that was essentially <laughs> it. But I couldn't. And I text you guys and I was like, how do I explain it to him? And Derek was like, it's in my book. And I was like, it didn't make the 23 kilos cut for when I came over here. Sorry, I was bringing other loved items with me. I can't believe you don't have the Kindle version. My oh, God. Sorry, I don't even own a Kindle. Sorry. No, it, no. The Kindle doesn't really, doesn't fully represent what a great graphic design job the gang had as Zeus No, that's did. true, actually. Okay. Yeah. I have the real deal. Like okay, it's at home. Real deal <laughs> Um, yeah, I was saying to you at the time, like, it's just as well you didn't call him a whore for the jam. I, he got who he has gotten whore before. He's gotten <laughs> okay. that one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a there's a, a craft beer at home called Cute Whore. And yeah. he's drank that a few times and I had to explain what a whore was and then a cute yeah. whore. And they're different. So you know? essentially it means sex worker, but not really. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It would be, I guess, a devil and a cute whore would be. On the same plane, maybe not the same thing. A devil might be a bit more trickstery, but a cute whore. D- nobody's going to understand this now outside of the, Ir- the Irish uh, listeners and the yeah. Irish diaspora. But um, yeah, a, a, a devil is a bit more bold than yeah. a whore. I'd admire a cute whore. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you have, do you know what? You got away with it, but I am, I'm impressed by you. <laughs> Like, I think know? we may have discussed this on the podcast before, but there was um, Dunno O'Malley, while he was Minister of Education, was up against uh, Ollie Flanagan in the doll, and they were discussing the curriculum for the intercert. And there was a story in which, the, um, um, and Ollie Flanagan was, was very concerned there was stories in which people were like wall-to-wall bastards and whores. And he said, you know, it's a shocking thing to call a person a whore. And and Ali said, well, you know, it's in where I come from, you know, in the in the southern part of Ireland, you know, you might say, oh, like um, oh, yeah, the poor whore, you know, or the poor bastard. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's not actually, you know, insulting. And, and Flanagan said, if he's a poor bastard or a poor whore, he's still a whore or a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which God. actually isn't the case. I, I think no, I think not. I think mo- modern scholarship would very much fall on Ali's side in this. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And and it's because words develop new meanings over time. And, you know, I just, I cannot imagine that. And, and again, like when you say it, that in, in certain parts of the world, these religious swears are still the worst. Mm-hmm. Like the, the worst, the biggest, the F word or C word equivalent in uh, Quebec is uh, tabernacle. Like oh, you, yeah. taking, taping the tabernacle in vain is that's their C word or their F word. Um, you know, tabanak, um, which I just think is just brilliant. I, I'd love to be in the habit of saying that if anything broke or something. I do. Like that. Like, I respect the fact that some people, you need to leave a little bit of room for exceptional circumstances where the, you, you do need to save a couple of very, very special occasional swear words. And if you, if you're, if you, your straight go-to swear word is the worst one, you know, you're, 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 you're kind of disarming yourself. The worst, actually, now that you say that, the worst swear word here is, is it means devil. Berkele. They love saying it. It just oh. means devil. The other one, Vitu, is female genitalia, which they use as fuck. But uh, um, Berkele is, is devil, actually, now that you say that. Satana is in Swedish. They also, that's probably one of the, sorry to any of our Finnish or Swedish listeners with the vulgarity. <laughs> 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 there are all these Lutherans just throwing down their headphones in disgust. <laughs> <laughs> Nailing theses to a wall and disgust. <laughs> the 95 problems with mother folklore. Mm. Thread 1 slash 95. Martin Luther would be fucking insufferable on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would, yeah. 
Myself and Yates, huh? Imagine them getting in spats. <laughs> Deleting my account. I don't need to be part of that. I don't need to see that on my timeline. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, it's Jibs here from Pints of Malt. So our podcast is basically a group of Irish Nigerian lads who tell their stories growing up in Ireland as well as Nigeria. And we share our experiences with all of y'all. We also add a bit of comedy as well, you know, to get y'all laughing, get y'all through the week in these tough times that we are in. So y'all sit back and just, you know, enjoy the show. As Jib said, we're the Pints of Mob podcast. You can find us on all streaming platforms, including the Headstuff Network. When you're in history, it's going to start, oh, we're going to learn about the diet of worms today. And yeah, it's never as exciting as it sounds, is it? Yeah. Imagine being a history teacher and thinking, oh, okay, here it is, year 28, making the same shitty joke. <laughs> God, will it ever get better? Why isn't there any new history for me to teach? <laughs> yeah, but I think to, to get back to it, like, I think a devil is is like it can be used as a, like children can get up to devilment. You might not call a child a devil, but children are, are notorious for devilment. And it's kind of like. It's it's like maybe bad behavior, but in a sort of cute way yeah. that like, you know, it's yeah. fine. wholesome mischief. Like you'd actually wholesome say mischief, a yeah. child's eyes are full of devilment. Full of devilment. Oh, easy. Yeah. Full of devilment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full of devilment. He's been here before. Full but, of devilment. But there's no harm in him. You know, that's oh, yeah. the that's the central thing. There's no harm in him. But he's not harmless. No, he's not harmless. That's that's <laughs> <different> <laughs> Jesus Christ. How does anyone live in this country? <laughs> I love how we use uh, the devil in, in Irish as well, um, because a yowl is a very good exclamation yeah, for it's great. any purposes yeah. at all. And basically you're just saying, oh, the devil, yeah. to to something, which sounds comically effete in English, <laughs> but uh, in Irish, a yell. Oh, the devil. <laughs> oh, the devil. Um, like, sounds like you're in a carry-on movie, yeah. um, you know, which is just British humour, which is something I still can't get. Oh, isn't it funny? He's wearing a dress, isn't it? <laughs> Nothing, I'm glad that Monty Python. I'm glad that Monty Python was censored for so long in Ireland because I tried to watch Life of Brian not that long ago, and in the first 15 minutes, I was like, "This is this is the worst thing I've ever seen." I'm so offended by it. Turned <laughs> it off. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> and that's not even from the point of view of a Christian being offended. No, it's you're just, just offended from the. <laughs> awful. I don't mind. I don't mind Life of Brian. Life of Brian is a very good political satire, but it's not laugh out loud funny. Like it's. But then again, I don't know. I don't know. Just there's some people and all they want to hear is a catchphrase. And, yeah, maybe. Know, it explains the incredible success of the likes of Bo Selecta, Little Britain and all that. The like, yeah. Am I bothered? Single... That, that kind of stuff. Oh, Catherine and, Tate. Yeah. yeah. I think, was, yeah. We, we all... there, was one, there was one very good comic relief version of that one, though, where um, Catherine Tate's character, I forget what even what the character's name is, but the schoolgirl who says I'm a bothered, uh, she was in a French lesson. And uh, oh, I remember this. Yeah, it was really good. I think it was. I think it was a special episode for Comic Relief. But uh, um, she's not paying attention in a fresh French lesson, and uh, then the 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 denouement of it, the the payoff joke, is that she starts doing the Am I Bothered in fluent French, yeah. and it actually was very funny. It was very funny. Suis-je bothered? Suis-je bothered? Regardez mon visage. Suis-je bothered? Suis-je bothered? That's good. It's not as funny as they make it out to be, but it's still no, funny. It's not. it's not, but I mean, look, a lot of British humour, and I don't mean to be, you know, piling on the Brits in their hour of misery, having lost the penalty shootout in the big sports ball I was going to say, which hour? Which hour? Is it not well, just I mean, a, a decade well. long? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean Brexit for once, um, 
But I mean, a lot of British humour is just, uh, he's going to say the line. He's going to say it. He's going to say it. I don't believe oh, it. He said it. He and then said he it. said, I don't believe it. And then yeah. I was like, wait. And he said, I don't believe it. Or, you know, like, like Harry Enfield and the Fast Show, really, really funny. Sometimes some really biting social commentary. And sometimes it's just, oh, he said the funny thing again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's important also to remember that as as while satire is very funny and clever, like it's it um it's it's so often misunderstood and often backfires horribly and in which case, I mean, you know, you'd have to say like, would you not be better off not banning all satire? <laughs> like like if Harry Enfield had a character called Loads of Money who was like a Tory who enjoyed making money and he released a single and people thought it was very funny but everyone people actually thought that like this guy was great great crack altogether and then Harry Enfield said I'm not going to do this character anymore because people don't get that it's satire yeah, they needed Kevin the teenager and yeah just um, it never ends you just can't trust people with satire but I, I remember listening to a fantastic podcast by Malcolm Gladwell about that, the satire paradox mm-hmm. and how the it never changes because the exact same thing happened when Stephen Colbert started doing the Colbert yeah. Report. Mm. Or sorry, I should say when Stephen Colbert started doing the Colbert Report because Stephen Colbert is a character and he was this faux conservative character who would have the most ridiculous takes to make conservatives look ridiculous. And again, he would the aim of it would be to make conservatives look ridiculous when he was interviewing liberals. But conservatives would look at this and think, oh my God, he's making the liberals look ridiculous. Yeah. This guy's hilarious. So yeah, that never ends. And and you end up with these weird things where like Saturday Night Live, which is supposed to be about satirizing the powerful, getting uh, Sarah Palin on, um, you know, alongside Tina Fey. And it's like, well, hang on a second. This woman's opinions are absolutely horrific and they're everything that you guys don't stand for. And then... Yeah. You're getting her on because she's got a funny voice and because Tina Fey can do the funny voice really well. It's yeah. you, you miss the point here. And satire has such huge, huge part to play in Irish history. Like we used to believe in Ireland that some satirists were so powerful that if they satirized you enough, it was called ear. And if you had an ear written about you that was, you know, particularly scathing, it could actually make you break out in hives. Mm. Or, you know, if if somebody wrote a satire that said you were an ugly person with a big, horrible donkey nose, you would end up getting a big, horrible donkey nose and become an ugly person. That, that, that That's how powerful the satirical form of poetry and verse was. So satire is really, really important. It's not just divilment, lads. Yeah. It's not just divilment. That's, that goes one step further. Like, that's that that's beyond divilment, you know. Okay. And maybe a devil could do a bit of satire it's, if it's going to yeah. damage you, but a devil maybe not. Yeah. See, that's, that goes beyond Divin, beyond jig acting, beyond any sorts of shenanigans. Acting the maggot. Acting oh, the maggot? Yeah, no. It's pure acting the maggot, yeah. is what it is. <laughs> so, there's many names in Irish for the devil. Such as Undial. Undial? Undial, yeah. Or Undial. I don't know where you, where you, it depends on where you are in the country. Undial or Undial. Dowl. There's others. I, I did say Dowl as well. Yeah. But, so uh, Taoiseach and Bosch is one of my favourite ones. Yeah, it's lovely. That is classic. lovely. It's gold, and that was in the that was in the dictionary before Taoiseach was a an official title. So it's in it's there it's there in Deneen, chieftain of the death. Yeah. And there's another. He's got one. names in, as you said earlier. He's got lots of names in English as well. He's a busy man. Old old Nick. Old Nick. I, hang on now. That's Santa Claus. Old surely. Nick. No, no, that's Saint Nick. Old Saint Nick. 
Mm. Yeah. Different. But if, there's a, if there's a saint, it's not the devil. Well, the devil is buried in Killarney and Santa Claus is buried in Cavan. So. <laughs> 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 to, to, to all our Cavan listeners. It's a throwback to one of my favourite Cavan jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry to the people of Cavan. I'm not sorry, actually. <laughs> I love a Cavan joke. Saws, not saws. But the, um, oh, anyway, God. St. Nick is, is buried in Cavan. Old Nick buried in Killarney. Killarney. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Beelzebub, Lucifer, yeah. Prince of Darkness. When we were, we were heading down to carry his children, we passed the Tipperary, you'd see the mountain with a big bite mark out of it, and that's where the devil yeah. took a bite out of the... And there was various stories, and I thought, well, what but size you know where, is he? But you know where he threw it? Where did he threw yeah. it? It's the Rock of Cashel. Oh, yeah. That's the story that St. Patrick was standing in Cashel, and he tried to tempt... Uh, the devil tried to tempt him, and good old Paddy... <laughs> Welsh, Welsh, Paddy said, Welsh Paddy said no... So the devil took a big bite out of, I think, the Knockmeal Down Mountains in South Tipperary, yeah. just north of the Waterford border. And he, he yeeted it at Patrick, who deftly stepped to one side and plump, down comes a big rock. And Paddy rock says, ah, I'm going to build a church up there. What a minute. The devil does nothing but try and tempt people. You can just imagine like for Welsh Paddy there and the, the devil turning up with a plate of buttered leeks and <laughs> or something. <laughs> Or I don't know, whatever. They, I was going to ask, what does he do to tempt people? But you know what? I don't want to know, actually. Yeah, the idea is, like, yeah, hey, we yeah. Patrick. Yeah, no, Hi, anyway, Patrick. names on Joe. I've got, you, I've got you tickets to the rugby. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who's no, playing? No, no. <laughs> it's only the Scotland or England game. Scarlets versus dragons, isn't it? There's a Welshman on Love Island this year. There is, but he doesn't say yeah. that. He did speak a little bit of Welsh, though. He did try and teach one person to count in Welsh. Um, so I am drawn between him being deftly boring and having a massive... Uh, uh, what's his name? He doesn't have a very good accent as Welsh. As Welsh well, he doesn't go. say a lot, so I wouldn't have a fucking clue. What, what's he, he's, got, he's, Frank, his, his... he's got a Frank Sinatra tattoo on his thigh, so like that's one against him. No, <laughs> no hate to Frank Sinatra, just hate the tattoo. But then also he's a Celt, so I'm like... Oh. Do I love him? Do I hate him? He's no Greg. Greg is going to the Olympics, lads. Greg from Love Island is going to the Olympics. I am an That's Amber class. stan to, for the rest of my life, so I won't, I'm not partaking in this conversation. I, 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 listen, don't take this away from me. It's the only Love Island um, uh, reference I'm going to get in all season. I'm not watching it. Um, and, and it's not a slight on Love Island. I, I'm just not watching it. It's just not a thing for me. Um, but yeah, Greg from Love Island is going to the Olympics with the Irish Sevens rugby team. Fair play to him. He is going to the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. So, other names for the devil include <laughs> Tisha Bosch. Donald, Donald Dove. Donald, Donald Dove. Dove is great. Donald Dove, yeah. I said to you during the week, Donald Dove is the centre forward who was caught in the back of a Toyota Corolla with the centre-back's wife. That's who oh, yeah. Donald Dove is. I will not hear any other. Like, Clubber County. Who? Clubber County. Club, obviously. Oh, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Club. Donald oh, Dove big... doesn't play county. No, Donald doesn't. Dove doesn't play county. No. One eyebrow. Yeah, only shows up to training once a week, but there's not enough people to feel the team, so we need to put him on anyway, do you know? So, sorry. Has, yeah. has played hungover in goals quite often. Quite often. <laughs> That's Donald oh, Dove. Donald, Jesus Christ, Donald. Are you hanging again? You devil. Donald Dove, Jesus, he's at it again. <laughs> Good internet. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there is one and it has become, unfortunately, part of the discourse. Yep. Again, recently, is on Fire Dove, which is not that common. It's not mm-hmm. that common. No. It's something it would, I would have heard growing up. Listen, it was there. I'm, sh- I'm sure people say it, but I, I would uh, almost exclusively, you talk about jowl on jowl. 
Um, even Tisha and Boss. It's a great one. I wish people used it more, but mm-hmm. they don't. Um, but yeah. I tried to bring it back. And, you know, I've seen it as a few Twitter handles and stuff. But yes, Fardove entered the discourse in the context of the, um, of Fjunter. Yeah, including... Uh, uh, presenting, basically, as they do, like hundreds of new entries a month, would be fair to say. Uh, um, a year, anyway. Hundreds well, a year, yeah, maybe not yeah, a month. They're, yeah. not, okay. they're not working that hard. They're, they are working Dozen, hard. Yeah, dozens a month, fast. yeah. Sorry, yeah, it is hard. Dozens a month? Yeah, probably uh, yeah. dozens. And yeah. some, some great, ent- some very good and uh, um, useful entries this particular month. One got a bit of international attention, which was... Uh, Dine de Dach, yeah. which was included, which is person of colour, mm-hmm. um, or Dini de Ra, the people yeah. of colour. Dine de Ra, because our good friend and regular contributor to the podcast, Ola Majeka Dumni, was the one who put it forward as an alternative to essentially there was no there was no phrase for for mm-hmm. person of colour. And, and like, look, again, we were talking about this before the podcast and we are not going to do the three white people talking about uh, issues mm. for people of colour. But look, it has become part of the discourse. We should at least mention it. Yeah. And person of colour itself has its issues in the English language. There's a lot of people who don't like it. There's a lot of people who do like it. But it was a term that was absent from, quote unquote, you know, Gaelge Ifigul, yeah. official Irish. So we have a term for it. That's great. And some people don't like it. And some people think, you know, and a lot of what they're talking about is uh, from a, an unfortunately misinformed Guardian article that kind of suggested that A, Dinah Dagat was going to be used to replace Dinah Gurum. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not because person of colour does not supersede black person yeah. or African-American or however you describe your ethnicity. It's a catch-all term, which is why it has some issues. Um, and B, that Dinah Gurum was ludicrous or silly because you know they're not blue and all of that is first of all misinformed around what the term is going to do and second of all misinformed around you know what these words actually mean and very much seen through the prism of of english um so again without wanting to talk about other people's issues too much if somebody says i prefer to any of the other terms that you have been previously using to describe me then cool we go with that. That's great. If you don't like Dinah de Ra, or you think it's Berlicus, or you think it's Druk Gaelge, okay, fine. But if something moves you to go on Twitter and tell the world that you don't like it, when people of colour are saying, we needed this terminology and I'm glad that we have it, then you're just kind of being a dickhead. Yeah. And I would question, mm. listen, as I said, and we're not going to, I'm not going to, talk on this because neither of us are a part of it. But as you said, listen, if a person from a specific identity tells you, hello, this is how I would like to be referred to. This is my identity. We'll respect that. And if you, as you said, if you go on Twitter and tell the world, if you go on Twitter and seek out the people who are part of that identity to say, no, you're wrong about how you're describing yourself. I think you might be an even bigger dick. Then. <laughs> I think that might be fair to say, because it's mm. not up to me or or anybody else to describe anybody else's identity. The Kushtas Armeta and, and Fionter do. We've talked to, you know, Sinead Burke has been on before and said there was a gap in mm. in the language for a little person. And she went and said, look, we need this new term. We need Dinabyog. And then that was included. And that's how these things happen. And it's not just sort of, I mean, ha- as ha- having worked for a time with Fionter, like the the time between getting a, a word submission and then getting that word to publication is 
like people underestimate how how long a time that takes and how much has gone into it and how many people experienced and and learned people uh, and how many steps go into it to to put a term forward. It's not just sort of some fellow was like, yep, that'll do. We're grinding it, it, it in there. Don't need to bother <laughs> Googling it in, for, beforehand or a spell check. Like, that's not really how it works. So there is work gone into it. And, you know, I mean, listen, that language develops in outside of, of dictionaries. We've talked about this before. There's getting something added to a dictionary sort of officializes it, but it doesn't mean you can or can't use that. But it also... As we said, you need to respect this is what people want to be called or they've they've showed you, hello, there's other options to describe different people. Um, and if you're being deliberately obtuse about it, I think that's a problem. That's a you problem you know, <laughs> rather than a language problem. <laughs> Stop being a devil. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, it's more than devil. It's more than devil. Yeah. And if you're concerned with some of these new words that have been added or new, new terms that have been added, the African clawed, fro- clawed frog is frog, kruboch, afrochach. Maybe that's one. That, maybe that's one of the one you should be up in arms about, unless you know there's another reason. <laughs> yeah, I'd also like to add. I was very happy to see that. Uh, I can't remember what it is now. Hard of hearing yeah. was added to it as well, which is wonderful to describe people who are hard of hearing. A number of words and regarding yeah, um, hear, um, regarding hearing and um, yeah, hearing loss. I think as well, profound, profoundly deaf. That sort of things, which is great because they're also identifying words, and I was really, really pleased to see those. Uh, included um, because you know it's important that people have language to to talk about themselves. Um, I think it's a it's a really wonderful thing. Um, you know, language progresses constantly. Language is constantly growing, and because there's two languages that are so in contact with each other, Irish and English, while they're not necessarily the history doesn't map onto the other, it does make sense that discourses in one language might impact discourses in the other, and that goes both ways. You know, I think this discourse that is happening in the Irish language community is important. Um, but I think there needs to be a level of respect, at least for the people who sh- who have that the identity that we're talking about um, and sort of hierarchy given to those opinions. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. on just like just on, on the idea that like we have to acknowledge the fact that Ireland is squarely in the the Anglophonic world and, and you know, English is spoken here. And so this idea that Berlichus is the worst thing that can happen to the Irish language, it's like, lads, the ship has sailed on that, like, you know, and I, and I say this as a convert because I truly used to believe that. And mm. when I was younger, I would try and make sure that there would be no Berlichus impinging on my lovely Gaelga Gaelach. And then I got to college and I started studying Irish in college at, you know, the highest level with some of the best lecturers uh, in Irish in the world. And... You know, a lot of the modules were done through English because they know that this is the, a language the people in the room can understand yeah. and that we can draw comparisons. And the whole idea of translation studies, everything was done with English as the, the main language and translating to English from English, Scots Gaelic to English to Irish, Scots Gaelic to, you know, Irish to English to Scots Gaelic. You know, so, I mean, look, ships sailed on that. We're a minority language in an unfortunately Anglophonic world. And yeah, some of the discourse is going to affect the new words that arrive in the language. It's going to happen. It's already happened. It's been happening for years, lads. Why the fuck would you pick this one to throw your knickers out the fucking door on? Mm, it's almost like there's another reason I might be taking that one. Yeah, so it's it's re- reminds us all of the car versus Gluston debate, huh? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, yeah, I think there's there's something to be seen in in oh I hate it. it's 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 pre- yeah. prescriptivism in in grammar. I think it's it's 
people who are telling you, no, it's the grammar is incorrect and therefore you're a bad person. Like, calm down. Did you understand what Tom A. Farr meant? Yeah. Well, then everybody just calm down. OK, yeah. just, it's going to be fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll get by. Don't let the devil interfere in these language discussions with his devilment. But the devil's in the details. Oh, God, the devil certainly is. Is it the devil's in the detail? The devil's in the detail, yeah. But, but a lot of those things, and this is interesting enough, the devil's in the detail and uh, there'll be the devil to pay. I don't know if you've ever heard uh, yeah, there'll be the yeah. devil to pay over this. They're nautical terms. The devil was a particular part of the ship on the underside of the the prow um, that was very difficult to reach. And there you are now. the devil to pay, for example, um, pay comes from paille, an old French verb for tatar. And you used to have to tar the bottom of the ship to make sure that it would be waterproof. So the devil to pay was the hardest job to do because you'd have to be slung upside down underneath the prow of the ship uh, with a hot bucket of tar, tarring um, the prow or the bow of the ship. So there'd be the devil to pay over this. There'd be hard work on this one. So there you go. Nothing to do with on Jowl Ahane. And that's that. Oh, I told you I'd tell oh, you yeah, a story. Tell oh, yeah. Story. Tell yeah, story. yeah. That's true. So it's an old Czech story, but I mean, this one has survived for centuries and centuries because it's so simple. But a man was walking down a main street one day and he saw right in front of him death, the spectre of death himself. Now, in some cultures, it's the devil. In some cultures, it's the Grim Reaper. But anyway, unmistakably, the messenger of the end of all things, the death was right there. Fucking scythe in hands, big black robe, death. So this guy panics. He goes, no, no, no. It's before my time. No way. There's no way. So he turns around and he starts running and he belts it and belts it and belts it until he gets to a train station and he gets on the train and he gets on the train. He goes as far as the train will take him and he gets on a bus and he goes as far as the bus will take him and the bus takes him to an airport. and He gets on a plane and he flies to the other side of the world and he gets on a boat and he goes as far as the boat will take him to this deserted desert island and he climbs into a cave and he finally lets out a sigh of relief. And then behind him, he hears a voice. He turns around and death is standing there. And he says, you know, when I saw you on that main street this morning, I had no idea how you were going to make it here in time for our meeting. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and on that note, on that mysterious, chilling note, it's a slon from me. A slon from me. Like a slon wemsha. Motherfuckers wrapping soon, so um, we want to thank you for your support so far. The back catalog will still be available for you to continue to enjoy. And thank you to Kirsten Shield for the artwork. Thank you to Brian for producing. And Slon. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Catch you guys in the flippity flap. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said that in my life before. New, new catchphrase. <laughs> I'm trying it out, okay? <laughs> This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. There was never a playground when I was a child. The no. nearest one was like Carlo, and we never went. <laughs> so, so Shut this- up!